Welcome to the People's Revolution podcast. This is the space where we share stories from activists around the world. We hope that these stories inspire you to act locally as we share globally. Welcome to the People's Revolution podcast. Today we have Citizen Rage. Formed in 2014, Citizen Rage is a five-piece hardcore punk band from Calgary, Alberta. You may have seen them play at festivals like Armstrong Metal Fest, Loud as Hell, East Town Beatdown, or sorry, East Town Get Down, Lethbridge Death Fest, and Decimate Metal Fest. In partnership with Wax Wasted Wax Records, their Black EP was released on September 25th. 2020. Today we have Mark Russell and Mikey Bastard. How are you guys? Hi. Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing great. Awesome. I'm also doing very well. Um, it's great to have you guys on the show, and I would just like to jump right in if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So my first question for you is why the name Citizen Rage and how did it start? Whichever one of you guys would like to take off. Uh, it came out of the ashes of an old Calgary hardcore punk band, BDFM, and we just kind of got, some of the members got sick of singing that crap, that old angry, beat up punk, drinking and fucking doing drugs all the time, so we decided we want to do something a little bit more serious, and as we got older in age, we start, our minds started changing anyway, so... You know, we're all pissed off citizens. It originally was Citizens Rage, and everybody was like, that's stupid. So we're like, <laughs> better change that. <laughs> we did one show like that, and then uh, that was it. Change. And then, yeah, Citizen Rage is just, it's built on the premise of being a pissed off citizen in today's society. Yeah, anger is going to get shit done. Like, nothing's going to happen if nobody's getting pissed off. Mm-hmm. That's true. And so was there a particular issue that lit your fire um, and inspired Citizen Rage, or was it just a compilation of all the shit that society gives us? Everything. Um, I don't know. I hate, I hate government, period, like all forms of it. And that's a big part of it. Um, you know, old school punk rock kid, I'm always pissed off about something. <laughs> and so what would you say the main message of Citizen Rage is? Oh, the main one? If there um, if there could be one. Mikey, maybe? Positivity. What, yeah. what was it, Mikey? We got it. Positivity through negativity. Like, we, a lot of our songs come across as negative, but there's a positive message there. Mm-hmm. But that's, like, where the rage comes in. Like, you can make positive change by getting fucking angry about negative shit. Mm-hmm. You can make things a little better being really mad. And, like, what it all does boil down to is just, like, just be good to each other. I love it. That's the best. That's all it's about, right? And so your band does some community initiatives. Most Your most recent community initiative I'd like to talk about. Um, you did a merch sale and you donated the, the funds to three different Calgary um, groups. Yeah, we did. Uh, it's I, I, I call it the Positivity Through Community Initiative. Um, this will be our first one I'm trying to do. Uh, and we're working with the Bear Clan Patrol, who does uh, 
they're downtown frontline response people for addictive or uh, addictions counseling and stuff right on right on the streets it's really interesting what they do and then uh the alberta humanitarian initiative which spans across a whole bunch of beautiful organizations that are helping their community flourish and then always with a citizen rage is the calgary or the mental health side of it and we did something with the calgary mental health association as well great yeah that's great shit honestly i love it um so of course this podcast is to talk about the activism um so we're going to talk about the activism behind your music and you guys have a lot of music being uh, being a band since 2014 that's a lot of a lot of content and so your first album your red album or sorry, the Red EP. Um, who wrote the lyrics to that album? Uh, I wrote all of those. Okay. And are you the main lyric writer for most of the albums, or is it a group effort? The majority of it I am. And then, you know, I Mikey. when Mikey came in, um, me and him, we click really well together. And he also brings stuff to the table where he brings whole songs. Um, there's a couple of songs that our old drummer J-Dog wrote. Okay. Yeah, now now we're just trying to get everybody. <laughs> like I sit down with everybody and we come up with topics and we'll just start writing. Awesome. Well, let's let's start from the beginning. Um on your Red EP, you had the song Lambs. Um that's the one I would I would like to talk about. Um you were saying before that the the track is about people becoming stronger than the system wanted us to be and I would like Maybe if you can expand on that a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Um, that song's just about like really putting your worth into your life, you know, because uh, the government doesn't care about us. We're just numbers. We're just dollars and cents to them. But we could all work together and think a little bit outside that box. I think uh, that song, that, that, that's what that song's about. It's really trying to push people or trying to, you know, keep people awake about it's not just about money every day. It's not about taxes. It's not about being pushed down. Why don't we just, you know, there's a pothole out in my street. What if me and my neighbor just went and fixed that? Mm-hmm. You know, instead of bitching about it, we just went and did shit. Yeah. So that's, that's what Lambs is about, yeah. waking up. Yeah, and, you know, a big part of the punk community is do it yourself. And I think that's so important. Right. <laughs> um, so on the blue EP, you had the the single struggle, um, and it's about the constant grind of your generation and the generations before yours to meet ends meet. And I I thought that was a really important song, um, especially in regards to the impact on the mental health and the mind frame of the different generations. Um, is there anything around this that you want to comment on, Mark? Uh. Yeah, struggle. Me, you know, Jason and I wrote that one. Um, it sucks that we all have to just sit there and work constantly and constantly and constantly to get nowhere. I've been in the city for my whole life, and you know, I've got zero savings, and that's that's because it's it's hard living here. It's expensive. Oh, did I disappear? Can you see me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're back now. <laughs> Yeah, you're back. Sorry, froze there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Struggle. Just, I love singing that song. Um, gets everybody going because from the bottom to the top, we should rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Reverend Mikey sings that part now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it is true. Um, and I even see like the difference in in like my generation, for example, like I have always had two to three jobs since I finished university. Like there's no yeah. if and or like there's no way around it. Um, and especially like with for me, like with a degree, the highest amount that I've ever made was twenty two dollars an hour. And I think that's ridiculous because I went to school for four years um, for that. Um, so I do, I do agree that the, the constant grind and the struggle of our generations in the capitalist society is, is fucked. Yeah, it is. That's, you know, 20, you're $22, you know, and now you got to go buy a loaf of bread, which is $6 now or something. Milk's five, six bucks. Everything's getting, you know, more expensive every year. So how are we supposed to stay afloat? Yeah. And you know what, at the end of the day, but between the the prices and e- the economy and everything that happened from, I would want to say, like my parents' generation to my generation, like the difference in getting a job, buying a house, having consistent income is so different. Right. And it's almost hard to have a dialogue because uh, because of the differences. Um, so I do appreciate Yeah, no, that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah it's like... It's, uh, like with wages not matching inflation, like you can look on paper and an hourly rate of 22 seems like it's a great rate when you're looking at it through the lens of working 30 years ago. Whereas nowadays, like everything else costs so much more. So definitely these wages aren't very good and inflation goes up faster than these wages are going up. Mm-hmm. So you just keep scrambling and scrambling and scrambling, but you can't get ahead. Yeah, it is the struggle. Hey, hello, <laughs> And so after the blue EP came the green EP, correct? Yeah, uh, green and yellow, yeah. Okay. Yep. And so on the green EP, I wanted to talk about the song Kid Killer. Um, first of all, very impactful um, name. Also very important song. Um, can we talk maybe, Mikey, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, that's... You know, it's pretty explicit in the lyrics, like what it's about. It's cops, cops killing kids, cops, cops killing unarmed suspects for no reason. It's like, it's the power tripping police thing. There's, there's no reason for it. There's no reason we should be standing for it and just accepting it as okay. Michael Brown was just murdered by the police when uh, we decided we were going to write that song. And another gentleman in Calgary got murdered that same week and then when you start digging through, you see there's a huge strain of deaths that leave are, are left behind by police officers in a, a position of authority that we've granted them. And that's where Kid Killer comes from. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's very, you, I don't know, you got the email of the lyrics, but there's not too many of them in there. Yeah. And they're very, yeah, they're very impactful. Um, and they're right, yeah. right to the point. Um, and I do think it's very important to point out that, uh, Michael Brown's killer. Um, what there was no charges filed against him, um, so I think he, yeah. was, he was just fired and not like then nothing bad happened to him. That whole you know, and that was what was that twenty twenty fourteen? Uh, yeah, twenty fourteen. You know that relatively got swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. Everybody ignored it after you know a year or something. Yeah. Yeah. And now look where we are. Yeah, and now we're in year number two of of the lockdown and Black Lives Matter at the same time. 
Yeah. Um, and we're really being forced to sit at home and, and digest and sit with what is happening. And it's, it's fucked up. Like, police brutality, it's fucked up. Yeah. And what gets me really fired up about it is so many of these deaths happen on a welfare check. Like somebody is worried about the well-being of somebody else and they want the police to go check to make sure that person's okay. And then the police fucking shoot them. Like that's that's not how a welfare check should go. If somebody's having like an episode, a mental health crisis, anything like that, why are cops going in there with guns drawn when like there's so many other options? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that happens a lot in our, yeah. our, our indigenous population in Canada. Yeah. Which is garbage. Yeah, like what... Just the fact that a welfare check ends up with somebody getting shot. Like, mm-hmm. I just get my head around it. I'm, I'm so worried about this person. Could you please go check and make sure they're okay? Yeah, yeah we'll go check. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And I, that is the part of defund the police that I think people do not understand is that yep. if you defund the police, then you give all that money to different social services that would be equipped to... Yep. handle a welfare check in a way that doesn't involve killing someone 100 percent, i'm all for it i think uh i think defund the police is a misnomer that kind of does it a discredit because it's not i you know on a base level it is taking money from them but it's not just taking it away it's taking it away to give it to other places that could serve better mm-hmm yeah, and a great example of this in Calgary is the dope team. Um, like I know I've talked about it them before on the show, but if the dope team showed up to a welfare check, they would have a way higher success rate than if a pair of cops showed up. I could guarantee, I would guarantee that. I would bet my, I would bet all my money on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. That's why we need more so more social programs like that. Yeah, less less guns, less cops, less baton, less batons. Yeah. Yeah. And even more training, like more training on how to, mm-hmm. how to be a, like how to, first of all, even process the power dynamics that you're given in this job, like not letting it get to your head and giving people no training on how to do that kind of stuff. It to yeah. me is insane. Um, and, the gun shouldn't be the, the knee jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. In theory, it should be a last resort, but they don't seem to treat it like it's the last resort. No. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Oh, sorry, Mark. Go ahead. No, you know, they're, these these police officers are supposed to be trained to deal with the public. Yet, you know, we have no training to deal with co- the cops. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. Cops Be on cue what they you say. Got, yeah, you got a nervous police officer pointing a gun at you. You know? How are you supposed to deal with that? My, my way, I'm going to get hostile. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like so many other people are forced in those situations. Yeah. And it, I always think, too, like, why do we have to be the ones acting more appropriately than cops? Why do we have to always hold ourselves to a higher standard just to ensure that people don't get shot? The people have to act better than the police officers. Like when confronted with a police officer with a gun, why is it the people that have to be level headed and be calming them yeah. down? And that just doesn't make any well, sense. I see what you're saying. It's backwards. Like the onus shouldn't be on the general population to not get shot. Mm-hmm. Like the onus should be on the cops to not shoot people. Yes. Well, yeah, you don't walk into very many other places and like Safeway doesn't yell at you and point a gun at you and yeah. like, you get get that bread. 
<laughs> you, you know? Yeah. It's the only, it's really literally a job that, you know, demands threatening behavior. And that's, that's kind of where we got to pull ourselves back and relook at all that stuff. Yeah. I yeah, know. That's a really good point. Like it, instead of it intimidating people to get, get what they want, it, I think it would be more important to have a conversation and kind of bring people into the space that, that leaves everyone safe. Um, right. Just like, you know, we can't speak for every situation, but mm-hmm. you know, things could be a lot different if you a cop wasn't being like, "You better not move, or I'll fucking shoot you." Mm-hmm. Uh, you just threaten me. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, and yeah. you know, unfortunately, in Calgary, um, like police brutality is a is a massive issue here. Um, we just had that um, the documentary that I think I talked about it on the last podcast too. Um, about the police brutality in Calgary and they showed like they they interviewed families of people who had died through welfare checks they interviewed people who had been taken by police and put in just put they don't know where they are but it's cold the police take their jacket and shoes and they tell them good luck and the, oh yeah it's just it's an it's just it's fucked but, yeah it's weak but you got to think of those things that, you know, when you're in a elevator in a police station and they have a phone book, but no phones, you know, we all know that. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. The fuck is that there for? It's not something I thought of. But yeah, it's unfortunate that the, the, the bro code or the brotherhood conduct in police officers isn't isn't a healthy mentality, in my opinion. It's a gang mentality. Um, yeah. It's not a public servant mentality. And that's all they are. They're only tough in groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave this one on the ACAB note. So ACAB. Agreed. And so your your next album was the Yellow EP. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And so on the Yellow EP, I, you guys have the song Citizen Rage. And I thought that was impactful because, of course, your name is Citizen Rage. Um, and you guys were saying that it calls out the ignorance to the issues around us and how comfortable we get in a world that can be shut off with a click of a button. And I really like the introduction that you use for that song. I don't know what movie um, or what show it's from, but saying that part of the mechanics of oppressing people is to pervert them to the extent that they become the instruments of their own oppression. That's um, uh, Kumasi from um, Bloods and Crips Made in America. Oh. Uh-huh. It's a, one of my favorite documentaries by Stacy Peralta. Cool, very cool. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's. It's beautiful listening to that man speak. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I have not seen it. Um, and so, yeah, that one starts out really positive. <laughs> you make me sick. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, Mark, do you want to tell us a little bit more about Citizen Rage on the Yellow EP? Uh, you really nailed it. That Mikey also brought it up before. It's like um, our chorus in that is "Ride and Rage." We're angry these days, you know. And once you start seeing people doing that thing, you know, heads start churning, people start talking, mm-hmm. you know. And there's it's <laughs> there's another good sentence in there: "No profit seen, just poverty." You know, that's that's, a, that's everyday shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Um, it, Mikey, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Oh, Mark pretty much nailed it. It's like 
like we were talking about before. Anger creates change. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, we got to, it says that it right in our, you know, it's coming towards the end of that track and it's, it says, can't you see the streets come calling out people in need or dying every day? Nothing we do is turn head so far, riot and rage, destroy everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that, you know, I'm a firm believer of just fucking burning it all down. Yeah. Start <laughs> over. You know, start, start this, start this again. Yeah. Start this on a different conversation where everybody's free and everybody's equal. Yeah. We respect things that were here and traditions that we were trying to destroy before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the message is really important because the apathy and just letting things happen that like even like protesting or doing filling out petitions and all these things like the change is so so slow if it even is at all um and -hmm. i just don't personally feel like the governments are listening to us or that the majority of the people are going to be on board with putting themselves forward to create change because once you commit yourself to that you're committing yourself to removing yourself from creature comforts and committing yourself to the betterment and change of all society which is just uncomfortable as fuck so getting people to get there is hard as fuck right russ rankin i saw a good riddance out in vegas a while back and he said to the crowd you know there's a thousand people in the room you just imagine if everybody just stopped walking over to the casinos and spending money there and went to the goddamn government building and walked right in there and said, no, we're having this conversation right now. There's a thousand people behind me. It's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine if we just did that. Yeah. It'd be a lot different. You know, no, I'm not saying storm capital, you know, those <laughs> yeah. retards, but I'm just saying, like, imagine if we had conversations like that where people, you know, had had real things to talk. I'm not talking about the idiots, you know, you know anti-maskers or any of those jokers, but, mm-hmm. you know, taking a group of people and actually telling them demanding that they listen to you is, is, is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And especially important, like the way you're saying it is it's like to bring a thousand people with you to bring a thousand perspectives with you, not a thousand conservatives, not a thousand liberals, not a thousand leftists, just a thousand people. I think that's right? very important. You sat down, you sat down with your hand up. Please answer me. Yeah. I have a question for you. You know, we all have cr- concerns. You're not doing this right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so another song on the Yellow EP that I wanted to talk about um, was called Corporate Rape. And I think that ties into what we're saying, because um, what we're talking about right now is big government. And then I, I think it's also important to talk about big corporation. Um, I think both those things fuck us pretty hard. Um, Mikey, is there anything on the song Corporate Rape that you want to start us off with? Um just it, it's about the the mass massive giant corporations just like grinding the rest of the people down like Bezos being set to be a fucking trillionaire well there's still people who can't afford a sandwich mm-hmm. yeah and i liked that you like you guys are always so straightforward in your lyrics um start off just by like you say like we pay to be your slave and i think that's very important um because we it feels like we we do. It doesn't just feel yeah. like it. Like we we do. Um, Mark, is there anything that you want to continue on with that? Yeah, that 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 song has a lot to do with. Uh, yeah, how big business can change everything, 
a lot of that comes from me dealing with AGLC a lot when I owned a bar and the cops and dealing with bylaw and all these different organizations all having their hand in the pod that you have to pay constantly. And then when you ask for their assistance, they spit on you mm. or they do raids on you. And they're like, you know, what? we're going to open an investigation on your bar after you just paid all these things to open your establishment just to see if you're running like an actual bar or if you're, you know, oh, the music's too loud, turn it down, you know. Mm. everybody was at d1 that that's (laughs) and you know and that was all funded by drew farrell and her little band of thugs you know because she she can get money she can get corporate fucking funds to do whatever she wants and her and that fucking cunt at buchanan's they ran that they're the one percent that can get a you know a live music venue tossed out of their community Mm. yeah that yeah it's unfortunate that when you have money you can do whatever the fuck you want, but if you don't, you just have to shut up, sit down, and take it. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, Drew Farrell, she's like spending our money, and she should stop. I don't think she I is. Know. A, I'm gonna say it again. She's a cunt. I don't know who that is. It's good. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> the next album that I would like to talk about is the Pink EP. Um. And there was two songs, I think, on there that really stood out to me. Future Acknowledged, um, I thought was really, really, really important. And again, I liked your introduction, um, the one that you had at the beginning of the song. Like, I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. That's familiar to me. I don't know where that's from, though. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I don't have it, Remy. Uh, I just watched it. But yeah, <laughs> it's from a movie. <laughs> that that was a fun EP to make. We were we all, I'd say I don't know about Mikey, but we all had a really good time making that EP. Yeah, we did it in a weekend, and it just in and out. We did it at uh, the heck was it? Uh, Slot, not Slaughterhouse. Um, oh, I can't believe I don't remember. It's by your jam rooms, Nate. <laughs> what? Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> that yeah, that. Jeff Muller's studio. Anyway, hmm. I can't remember the name of it. That's fair. So you guys, you guys hammered it out, and you loved it. Um, and did the songs just kind of like come out that weekend, or did you pre-write them? Oh, we had them all ready to go. Ready to go. A, a big curse in Citizen Rages. We've got we've got lots of songs. <laughs> yeah, just never find the fucking time to get in to record the damn things or getting everybody together is is another thing mm, yeah i could see that lineup changes all that jazz yeah yeah i could see that uh, it was it was alchemy studio for the record there we go that's one <laughs> cool and so when you were recording or when you were writing um future acknowledged you were talking about the legacy that you want to leave to your children and i really liked in the song how you would you talk about nothing will change unless like we can make this work and it's personal responsibility because I hear a lot of the time people say things about either like this society or the economy or the environment saying like well we won't be around when it crashes so why would we give a fuck but you're saying something very different in this song and I think that's really important Mark do you want to speak on it a little bit yeah that that goes to the youth it's like how are we teaching them if they see us just constantly being assholes and treating everything around us like shit how are they going to treat it it's really up to us 
how do we give them the knowledge to do so, right? Because mm-hmm. I know when I was growing up, all I seen was like negativity. So that really, <clears throat> that really grew on me. And you can tell in my earlier years <laughs> how negative of a person I was. And, you know, we can't do that to our youth. We have to give them a positive future and give them, you know, the options to change um, and the, the knowledge to do so. Yeah, I think that's it. You know, a lot of people shit on that Greta Thunberg. I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but you know what? Those same people probably look at their kids and tell them that they can be anything they want if they just put their mind to it. Mm. And that's that's what we should be doing. Yes, go out, make change, be different, you know? Yell at the president. <laughs> Yell at people. Yeah, yeah do it. And you just, hey, yeah, she, did more, she did more, more in her fucking beginning of her life than i've ever done in mine yeah yeah i honestly it kills me to see adults talk shit about her she's so young i'm like well just imagine how those people treat the women in their life or their other relationships mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah probably like super ignorant people yeah yeah and you know another another line in the song that really speaks to that speaks to that is that you are to blame in a world of shame and it's true, like, it's each and every one of our faults that we're still here because we're inactive about it or we've accepted it or we're passive about it um, or we're continuing to perpetuate it, which is, I think, the mm-hmm. biggest issue that you're you're getting at. Um, Mikey, is there anything else that you wanted to add for Future Acknowledged? No, I, I think you're you're nailing it there with, like, every, we're all to blame, but the whole song is about laying the groundwork. Like, it's not going to be a quick process, but... You just, you lay the baby steps and then whoever comes after you takes it a little bit further. Whoever comes after them takes it a little bit further than that. Right. Yeah. Like it started with a whisper in my ear when I was a kid. And, you know, as I grow older, I'm trying to whisper it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is actually great to lead into the next song that I wanted to talk about on the Pink EP. And that is Silent Army. Um, And I like you were mentioning that it's about the new generations coming full force. Um, the ones that you thought were a little quiet or weren't paying attention. And all of a sudden they're in your fucking face or on your streets. Um, Mark Russell, do you it's want It's about to- you. It's <laughs> about your generation. It's about kids, you know, just below us actually taking our, our all talk shit and doing it. Mikey, is there anything you want to add to that? No, that's, exactly it standing up fighting back yeah and that song actually uh, is going to be it is going to be it has been um on the end of it is the the exit song to this podcast the closing song um (laughs) awesome yeah because it's the shit and so finally we have the black ep that's where we are now right hey and that one came out in september and since you guys weren't able to tour, you guys did music videos, you guys did live streams, things like that to kind of get the word out there. Yeah, we did one show in Lethbridge. In between <laughs> all the restrictions, we had one live show. Oh. Oh. Sold out. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty cool. Cap. <laughs> oh, you know, you guys got one show in, in the year of no shows. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. One it was good. good. It was fun. So the first song that I want to talk about on that album, of course, is I Will Fucking Kill You. Um, and I 
on the music video, the text that comes up before the video starts says, I will fucking kill you is an angry song. The kind of angry song that comes out when you're tired of being pushed around and no one has the right to bully anyone else. And this song is about standing up to those who want to grind you down. I will fucking kill you. I love it. <laughs> Mark, do you want to start us off with that one? Uh, Mikey and I wrote that track. Um, and we had good conversations about it, about, you know, uh, I pride myself on, a, on like a bully hunter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like picking on people that pick on people, especially yeah, big you, guys. The best quote I ever heard out of you about that, you just you said, I'm the bully's bully. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what it was. You know, I loved it. Uh, people want to pick on people, then I like hanging out with them and fighting them. Okay, good shit. <laughs> so... And you got to come out, and, and, and that's enough. You know, people are, are killing themselves. Children are killing themselves. Cyberbullying. We have bullying in the schools. You know, I grew up getting my ass kicked up in every day, and you know, wedgies and hanging from the fucking school showers and shit. And no way, it's got us done. What? Why? So some kids can feel cooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think everybody needs to be more vigilant on that topic. And right now we have, you know, or ever since I've been around, there's, you know, groups of people being fucking bullied since forever. It's fucking garbage. So, yeah, I will fucking kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey, is there anything that you would like to add? No, that's about it. That's the slow and skinny of that song for sure. Yeah, you want to be ignorant. You want to be racist. You want to bully people. You want to, that's where we come in. Yeah. Yeah, that's good shit. And like for like bullying in my, from my perspective is not just like something that happens like in the playground. I see it in businesses. I see it in cops. I see it in power dynamics. I see it in bosses. I see it in so many places that these bullies grew up and they just kept picking on people and right. it pisses me off. And left unchecked, they'll just keep doing so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the bullies bully. I like it. <laughs> And then so the next song that I'm going to pick on Mikey about is Sustain. All right. Um, I think this song is very, very, very important, especially in 2020 when all of, I guess it's 2021 now, but in 2020, all of our mental health, like we got our butts kicked, (laughs) all of us, consistently. Um, If you didn't, I am very lucky. (laughs) Um, So I would like um, if you could maybe explain just a little bit about Sustain and what brought you guys to write this song. Uh, The... It's just, I like straight up. I suffer from a serious panic disorder, depression, anxiety, like all that kind of bullshit. And sustain is just about like a panic attack specifically. And it just you feel like you're stuck and there's nothing you can do about it. But you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. You gotta get through that. You get through the attack. You take the steps that you need to get yourself better. And you. You got to own it. You don't want to bury that shit because you start burying that shit is when you start uh, getting into the self-harm end of those things. So you just, you need to, you have the strength to sustain and you keep cruising and you do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself and to get your mental health better. Hmm. And a huge part of that is being open about it, being able to talk about it. And yeah, that's it. Just just talk about it. Everybody needs to talk about it. Hmm. We need to drop this attitude that like, Oh, you're a pussy. Oh, you're less of a man. You can't, you can't have depression like that kind of shit. No, fuck it. It's way more common than anybody's gonna think, and I'll be the first one to step up and own my own. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, normalizing mental health is so fucking important, especially in the punk scene. Because a lot of us have that like tough, like, well, we're not going to talk yeah. about it and it doesn't hurt us. But like in reality, like, yeah, we hurt just like everybody else and we need to have conversations about it. Mark, is there anything that you'd like to add to that? No, uh, Mike, you brought that track to jam one day and I think it's it's one of my, it's a it's beautiful. Good, good shit. Yeah, thank you for that, Mikey. It's good. Um, and then so that brings us to Twitch. Um, who wrote Twitch? <laughs> uh, uh, Jason, our old drummer, wrote that. Okay. And it, I think that one is important, too, because it kind of ties to what we were saying last time, like about mental health. Um, but Twitch is more preparing yourself for breaking up from a relation, an abusive relationship. Is that correct? Uh, just like uh, the way he, he had explained it to us was it's about being walked on. Um, you know, you put all this time and effort and you think it's going well. And uh, the other person just decides one day that it wasn't going well and they don't want to talk to you about it. And they're gone. I'm preparing yourself mentally for that. I think putting right? that in a song, um, especially a punk song, is so important for us as where we are society right now for like people to have conversations, not just people, but for men to have conversations about what mental health and breakups do Um in particular, like I commend you guys for that, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, sometimes you just, you know, a lot of people do want to just, oh, I'm, you know, I miss her or I miss him, and they don't talk about it, and they just go home and they'll wallow on it, and that's people have friends of ours have killed themselves over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mental health in the punk community is important. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the final song on that album is dreams and i like i found that one really interesting um because again it had to do with mental health which i think is very very important to talk about um but it's a concept in mental health that i don't think is talked about enough in the punk community and that's just like our our beliefs and our subconscious beliefs and this one is about dying in your sleep and the panic that it causes is that correct and I think I think that's so important because talking about the different aspects of mental health, I think, is like a, a very strong point in the punk community. Yeah. And, you know, that one deals with, uh, yeah, just your you, you have your everyday grind building on you and then you go to sleep. And, you know, how many of us have dreamed about <clears throat> falling off something and you wake up sweating or, you know, I've had a lot of dreams where I've been shot and stabbed and. You know, I wake up and I'm like sweating, you know, it's <laughs> so I decided to throw that down on paper, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, once I, I personally, once I get it out, out out of my mind and on paper, it's it does me a lot, lot better. You know, I don't dwell on it after. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the most important things about art, right, is we express something in ourselves that other people can connect with, but it also helps us to get it out. Get the fuck out, mm-hmm. you know. You know, we had a really good time with that song, too, because we got to go as a team to Fish Creek and film the video and direct it and write it all ourselves. And oh, cool. That was, uh, yeah, it was fun. Very cool. And so now that we've kind of given, given the listeners a, a tidbit of what you guys have been like for the past forever, <laughs> um, what, what changes have you seen since the beginning of the punk scene, like you being in there with with all of this, like morality, ethics, kind of like stuff that we're talking about until now. Like you were saying before, it was a lot of like, fuck you. And now it's a lot of like, I care about you. 
Do you want to give that a little bit more context? Uh, you know, when we were starting our BDFM stuff, it was seen had a lot to do with being in a bar and drinking and partying. And then you get to meeting all these beautiful people in the scene and stuff like that. And then everybody's got kind of the same motives and same direction. And as we get older, some of us fade away and some of us can continue. And it's nice to know we're all still going the same path you know some of us have fucked off because they can't handle what's going on but the rest of us you know it's nice to see us growing older and into it you know i've seen a lot of young guys start out and just like cross punk bands just drinking about singing about drinking and fucking all the time and now you know they're in great hardcore bands that sing about changing shit and social change and doing stuff and being a part of their community better it's nice Mm -hmm. i love it Mikey, is there anything you want to add to that? There is a big push everywhere. It used to be kind of rare to see fans like speaking up and trying to do positive shit, but now there's a lot of it. Hmm. And the more that happens, the more that changes. Yeah, normalizing positivity in the hardcore scene is a process. But I dig it. Hug hug your homies. Hug your homies. Hug your homies. Um, and so do you guys, I was just going to ask you, do you have a final statement for the people, but is it hug your homies? <laughs> it's sure. always hug your homies. Yeah. <laughs> be cool. Be nice. Have some empathy for other individuals. You know, if you're going to want to succeed in this life, don't do it on the backs of others. Mm, true. Mikey, do you have anything to add? Last statement for the people? No, hug your homies. We work together instead of against each other. Great. Awesome. And so... Where can everyone find you guys? Uh, you can get us on Bandcamp, um, YouTube. Just Google us. We're everywhere. Yeah. Citizen Rage. Citizen Rage. I'll put your link um, to your Facebook, your Instagram, and your Bandcamp right yeah, here. Facebook is a big thing. Yeah. Uh, and You know, another thing, just before we leave, if you are having any fucking problems, just message the band page and one of us. We always love talking. Hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful statement. Thank you. Um, great. Well, thank you guys for being on the show. I appreciate it a lot. Thanks for digging through your music with me, and I appreciate yeah, it thank, a lot. Thanks, thanks for having us. <laughs> we love you. Love you. Cut. <laughs>